and I'm, I'm realizing there are going to be people in this room that I'm going to be speaking to that are entrepreneurs and they're coaches. And maybe some of them are super afraid that they've just left their job. And some of them have spouses at home that don't understand why they want to be an entrepreneur. And they're really afraid they made the wrong decision and they're putting their family in jeopardy. Some of them are on the, the verge of a big shift where their business is going to skyrocket. Some of them just have all this opportunity. Some of them have all this fear. And I have this gift and this responsibility to show up in the most authentic and loving way possible, share my insights, share my personality, share what I know to be true, and there may be something in there that impacts them. Like how fucking lucky am I that that's what I get to sit down and do right now? Hello, hello, and welcome to the 15th episode of The Coaching Life Podcast. Now, the work I did in preparation for the episode you're now listening to was a little unusual. I looked up the meaning of the word the, or is it the? And amongst other definitions, the definition that fits today is determiner used to refer to a person place or thing that is unique well of course they don't come much more unique than the guest i have today he is entertaining damn funny has a contagious energy and is certainly not shy in front of the camera <laughs> i've been privileged to witness some of his journey as a friend and consider him you know one of the most honest people you could meet He's all about service, self-leadership, love and laughter, and that makes for one beautifully rounded human being, albeit he's not quite as round as he once was. So my guest today is, of course, the Jason Goldberg. Hello and welcome, Jason. <laughs> Dude, I, I had to like literally bite my tongue as you were, as soon as you started with the the, I'm like, this mother, this, you are, you are hilarious and I love you and I am so happy to be here. Uh, and uh, dude, this is like, this has been a long time coming, but I'm. Uh, which I've heard about myself for years, um, and uh, I'm just I'm just super excited to be with you. Uh, likewise, likewise, I am super super excited. So, thanks. so first question, Jason, come on, is it the or the? I always say the because I feel like if you're going to be pretentious, go with it. Like go go full force. Like you don't want to be half pretentious. Nobody nobody is offended by <laughs> or attracted to somebody who's half pretentious. <laughs> Right, so it is the, and you have to draw it out. It is the Jason Goldberg. The Jason Goldberg. That's cool. Okay, so anyone that follows you will have um, likely heard, unless they're just you know interested in that big smile of yours. But they've probably um, heard your amazing transformative journey and your self-inflicted wake-up call, which is you know a hilarious and impactful story um, that had you you know really step into this self-leadership and ownership and reinvent yourself from someone who was over 330 pounds to what the hell let's just call it like it is shall we to this yoked out cock diesel that you are today 
It was it was oh Alicia, God. by the way. You sent me that description. Um, so, <laughs> She's lying horribly. <laughs> whilst that is an amazing story, and, and like I say, very funny, and you share it beautifully in your fabulous book, Prison Break. I'm getting all of your plugs in here for you, by the way. Yeah, but, just get it done. <laughs> just get it out of the way now. Thank you. I'd love for us to focus today a little bit more on your journey when you decided to yeah to to make your vocation coaching and 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 speaking and really how that all came about i guess as a starting point or maybe just before then um you know what what got you to well we met in arizona of course at the godfather of coaching's steve chandler's coaching school so i'm really wondering what brought you there and aside from meeting me and that incident in the lobby restroom at the valley ho uh, what other amazing things um, did that bring into your life? <laughs> well, well, first of all, it's only an incident because the police called it such. Uh, to us, it was an expression of love. Um, so, <laughs> you know, is this where you put the disclaimer to make sure there's no kids in the room? Oh, there's, there's, really no this? Oh, no. there's no disclaimer. There's no disclaimer. Yeah, so that, dude, that was, 2000, um, that was 2014. That was 2014. Yeah. So that was, I mean, it'll be three years this year that uh that we met and that we were in steve chandler's school together and um yeah the way i i came about joining the uh the advanced client system the acs uh, steve's school was i had just come off working with my first coach my first one-on-one coach which was jacob sokol who we just talked about briefly before we started the recording here um and 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 finishing up working with him and i was looking for another coach and i i knew of steve chandler because of the prosperous coach i actually knew of steve chandler because of jacob so jacob had got me into uh the entheos world were you ever an entheos follower brian johnson yeah Yeah. and 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 jacob had done like a virtual conference thing and so he interviewed like sean stevenson and 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 steve chandler and and all these people that i had never heard of before and i was like wow like this chandler guy uh he talks really slow and i'm sorry for whatever affliction <laughs> he has but he's actually saying some pretty good shit right so oh can i curse by the way oh please do okay all right it's- so he's, he's yeah he's saying good shit so so i go and read the prosperous coach i devour the prosperous coach which i think i don't think anybody's ever sat down and read the prosperous coach i think most people devour the prosperous coach <laughs> never been exposed to any of those ideas before so i did that and immediately i was like okay Steve Chandler, there's no way he's in the cards for me as far as a coach, but maybe he's somebody that can refer me to another coach. And I was dumb enough at that point to not think that he was like a big enough deal where I couldn't just reach directly out to him. And so I reached directly out to him. And because Steve Chandler never treats himself like a big deal, he directly responded and uh, and said, well, you know, let's get on the phone and chat. I said, great. So I remember I was actually at uh, I was. um I'm not a gun person at all. I actually, I'm very uncomfortable around guns, but a friend of mine owned a company that had created these like uh, muzzle brakes, um, uh, uh, like not silencers, but kind of like a silencer for AR-15 rifles. And he was having this day where he was bringing friends and investors and all these people out to test this stuff out. So uh, the only time Chandler could talk to me that I could talk to him was while I was at this gun range. So I'm <laughs> out there shooting AR-15s and like these 50 cal things with these bullets that are 14 inches long. Okay, they were like four inches long, but if you know me and my wife, four and 14, yeah, it's like the same yeah. length. Um, and and so and so it's time for me to call Chandler. So I literally go into the car, and this is an outdoor shooting range. So in the background, <laughs> while I'm talking to Steve Chandler for the first time, the godfather of coaching, there are bo- he must think I live in Compton or like that I'm in the middle of a gang war while I'm talking to him. And so so we're talking. I say, listen, Steve, I know I can't afford you as a coach, but I'm looking for you know referral for another coach. And he, you know he of course goes into asking, well, what is it that you're actually looking to create, and, and what's going on in your world, and 
And so we start talking and ACS eventually comes up and it was a huge decision for me to do ACS. I went back and forth with my wife and, 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 you know, just the money and I didn't have the money. It was going to have to be something I put on a credit card and I was going back and forth trying to convince myself. And, and it was actually really funny, really, really quick side story about how this all came to be is that at one point, Alicia and I, my wife, Alicia, uh, were driving somewhere we're driving for like a weekend getaway or something but we're on like an eight hour uh, uh car ride and so she's typing back and forth to steve on my behalf and we're <laughs> trying to convince each other that acs is the right thing for me right and i'm in like total scarcity mindset and not sure and i said oh babe i got it i know exactly what we're gonna do i said okay just i'm gonna dictate to you and you type she said okay so she has the smartphone she's typing and i said steve you know, love talking to you. So excited about the ACS. I think it's something that I want to do. I'm a little afraid because it, it is a lot of money. If you could just send me an agenda of what we're going to be covering over the three weekends we're together and what I can expect over the six months from an education standpoint, I think I'll have everything I need to make the decision. Alicia sends it and I feel so good. I'm like, got it. Nailed it. As soon as I get that back, a rational brain, my left brain is going to be so excited and ready to go. And Steve in the most loving and compassionate and wonderful and creative way possible writes back and just says, no outline. <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> of course he does. Knowing him now, I'm surprised I got both words. Uh, <laughs> not just no. Um, so anyways, right then I knew I needed to sign up. Uh, no, there was there was some, a little more back and forth with Alicia and I finally signed up. And I signed up because I had started coaching maybe a year before then. I was doing a lot of stuff, uh, trying to do a lot of stuff to share myself and my personality online and realized I was hiding behind my computer screen. Mm -hmm. Like I was really hiding. And I'm like, well, if I put out enough videos and I put out enough social media stuff or whatever, then people will come to me and then I don't have to actually be a professional who steps out and, and proclaims what I do and offers people my services. Um, so I, I was hoping that I would find uh, something that would continue to comfort me with that story by going to ACS. Uh, and of course I got the exact opposite. Um, so, so yeah, so really that was my, that was my call to action for myself to step into being a professional coach and figure out what it was, um, that the secret sauce of these world-class coaches, uh, was doing differently than, than I was. Um, so that was kind of what brought me there and, and what brought me into your world, which has been fantastic. So I, I know that was a lot, so I'm sorry, I just kind of threw up on you, but, but we can go wherever you want from there. So thank you. Thank you for that. And what, what did going through that school um, change for you? What did oh, it bring God. you? Oof. It, you know, it changed so much for me. I actually think it changed me even more the second time I went through it. Yeah. Because the first time I feel like it was like drinking from a fire hose. And not because <laughs> there was and not because there was so much content. Because you know Steve is not like a you know shove content down your throat person. He's like, let's point to one thing for three full days, which is awesome um, and totally not my comfort zone. Um, and so the first time I went through is more like uh, an introduction to a brand new language, right? Mm -hmm. So if I went to like uh, you know a weekend on learning French, I'd be super excited because I hear the the instructor speaking French beautifully and fluently. I'd hear other people in the room who had been speaking French maybe a little longer than I had. And so I, I saw the potential and possibilities of what it could sound like. And then I thought like, man, this must be all I need to speak French. And then I went home and all I could speak was English. You know, and it's like, no, but I just spent all this time <laughs> being around people who spoke French so beautifully. Why am I still not able to get that that perfect tone? So, so it really opened me up to the, the fact that like that stuff that he teaches was all accessible to me. I could be a professional. I could be who somebody, somebody who serves instead of sells. 
um, I could be somebody who becomes so good at my craft as a coach that that directly contributes to how much money I can make in my business. And just all those things that kind of didn't gel with what we typically see with the way a lot of coaches do, you know, internet marketing, strictly internet marketing to build their business. Uh, it was just really refreshing and, and really kind of empowering uh, that first time through. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, and I, I, I relay just recently because I um, interviewed Carolyn Freya Jones. Who, I don't know if you remember that conversation. Please don't mention the name of the song or the client, but um, it was uh it's it's it is hard to put in the word in into words really like the kind of shift in that stepping into being a professional being a professional coach and being a professional service yeah um, yeah but even that even that's something that i've i actually so i went back and spoke at um acs i'm on the faculty now because again blackmail i have pictures of steve that he doesn't want getting out uh so so but i'm on the faculty now and and this last time through i went back and taught um and and the name of my talk was sex cells right but 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 sex was actually an acronym uh yeah <laughs> no go ahead please use a tissue all you want to god i'm so glad people can't see video right now so they can't see what you're doing with that tissue it's so inappropriate i've had a cold um, <laughs> no it's okay i'm just playing so so sex sells though but sex was kind of an acronym the s was for service and the ex was for experience yeah. right so service plus experience is what actually sells and and we got into a discussion around what steve talks about a lot the social self versus the professional self and the reason I'm bringing that up is because one of the things that came in that, in the, up in that talk was that I had, um, and, and since this is a podcast for coaches, I hope this will resonate, um, I had this belief when I really started getting that I wasn't being a professional, that those two things, the social and the professional self, were diametrically opposed, and that anything that related to my social self had, had to be strangled and buried if I was going to be my professional self. And so it makes people step out of the role of if they are playful and fun and joyful and creative because that's what I do in my social life. But now that I'm being my professional self, I'm stoic and I'm grounded and I'm all these things that that wouldn't be me naturally in my social self. Now, if you're naturally grounded and stoic in your social self, great, then then it's a direct alignment, bringing that into your professional self. But what came up for me was I started realizing over, especially over the last year or so, year, year and a half, that I think I was trying to bury parts of my social self because I felt like there's no place for that stuff in my professional self. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally, totally. What I'm fascinated by is, um, and would like to pick your brains about really, is whether there was a conscious decision to focus much more on speaking and portraying this beautiful message that you have. Oh, how did that evolve? How did that take shape? Yeah, I think at some point it became a conscious decision. I think what I what I started to see was is that I wasn't enjoying coaching as much as everybody else was enjoying coaching. Mm-hmm. And and that felt that felt like shit because it's like, well wait a second, you put your stake in the ground that you are a coach mm-hmm. and you have spent tens of thousands of dollars in being coached and in learning how to be a great coach and how to how to sell those services as a coach. What do you what do you mean, you idiot, that you don't want to focus completely on coaching? That's the stupidest, most irresponsible thing you could possibly do. (laughs) And that's the conversation I had with myself over and over again. Right. That that word, especially irresponsible. 
came up a lot. You are being irresponsible. You are glamorizing what your career is supposed to look like. You are turning your back on things because they're not happening fast enough. You will never be anybody who focuses on mastery and excellence because you jump ship too quickly. Like all these conversations, all because I had, and the way the conversation started was me saying to myself, you know, I don't like coaching as much as I thought I would, but I really like the performance aspect of, of coaching and teaching. But it was like, that didn't matter. It was like, what do you mean you don't want to, you irresponsible schmuck, you moron, you son of a bitch. And it was like, so So initially, that's why I say eventually it became a strategic move, but I had to get through all the, you know, as I call in my book, the baby assassin talk uh, before I could move into that. And once I did, I finally said, well, wait a second. The goal here is service, right? The goal here, what I love about coaching and what I love about the work that I do is being of service, making an impact, and, and sharing whatever insights or experiences I have in the hopes that some of it resonates somewhere. So who the fuck cares about form? Yeah. Who the fuck cares if I'm sitting with one-on-one with somebody or I'm sitting one-on-a-thousand with people? Like, who cares? And so kind of releasing that by not making it wrong, right? No longer being in resistance to the fact that, hey, you really enjoy teaching and performing and coaching, there are elements of that, and there are certain people you love coaching, and you could do it all day, every day, but the majority of time spent coaching is not something that's really you being in your genius zone. Can you be okay with that? And I finally said, well, yeah, I guess I guess I can. Yeah, beautiful to see that. I mean, this is a conversation that comes up quite often, you know, talking to people, um, you know, not just, not just guests here, but perhaps my own clients as well, in that, um, there's often this kind of question which I don't think is particularly helpful in coaching circles about oh well what's my purpose and, and, and that kind of stuff and, and who am I and how can I find out who I need to be and all this kind of stuff and I just think that has us get trapped in this self-obsessive inquiry um, yeah. which has a lot of self-judgment around it as you if you've elaborated on there and and yet the system, i.e. us, how we seem to work, seems to be set up beautifully in that if we go out and do what we love to do, um, mm. who we are and like our purpose seems to show up out of that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I totally agree. I think that we put entirely too much pressure on ourselves in the coaching industry specifically and in personal growth, but also just out in the real world, we put entirely too much pressure on ourselves to have some deep, meaningful purpose that we need to have a, a huge why to you know to to touch a you know a billion people's lives and and mobilize this much money for charity and create this much innovation in the world like just all these different things which are great like i when people have that and like they really it it gets them out of bed in the morning and they're excited about it that's wonderful and right and not but and if you don't have that you can still be totally happy and successful and, and I had, there, there's somebody in the coaching community that, that I, I'm pretty sure we both know who I love dearly and, and, and won't say this person's name, but they had reached out and asked me one day privately what my why is and a very, you know, coachy question. And, and again, I love this person. And so I, I didn't t- like, if somebody randomly asked me that I would tell them to go fuck themselves. But this person, <laughs> this person I love, so I'm like, cool. Yeah, no, I, I'm happy to share it. So I shared it and, and this person, um, said something to the effect of like, no, I think it's got to be deeper than that. And, and I, and I kind of didn't understand why. And, and this person said, you know, when I talk about my why I cry and, and that's fine. And I asked, I said, do, do I have to cry 
to 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 have to have a purpose that I care about. I just want to know. Sometimes my purpose makes me laugh. Does that mean it's less purposeful? Mm. And we ended up getting on the phone and talking about it, and it was a beautiful conversation. And I totally got their why and felt it. I mean, really felt it. It gave me goosebumps. And then they really got my why, and 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 it was fine. But I think it was a great lesson for both of us that like your why shows up in the way it shows up. You spending time trying to force it to be more purposeful, more passionate, more of a calling, that takes you away from just being of service and having fun. Yeah, beautiful. I, I had Deepak Chopra being interviewed by Tony Robbins, actually, uh, many years ago. And Tony asked him a question at the end of the interview. Like He said, oh, final question, I'll make it an easy one. What's the purpose of life? And of course, Deepak, uh, his little chuckle, and simply said, uh, the purpose of life is the expansion of happiness. And I'm like, whoa, I love that idea. I love that idea. So, like, you know, if I want to if I want to choose a purpose, because at the end of the day, I think we, we, we do choose them. Um, wow, choosing the expansion of, of, of happiness, that, that seems a pretty cool, a pool card to pick. Yeah, totally. I, I was playing with something recently where it's not really a, a, a business purpose as much, because a lot of times in personal growth, I think with, without us really saying it, we we try to create a purpose that will serve our business and our life at the same time which I've never really thought of it until just now. Um, but that's, that's kind of some mental masturbation, self-indulgent bullshit, but whatever. So, so, but, but what I've been playing with recently was this actually came from, I was at an event in Mexico and the word I talked to a bunch of people, people that I knew and people that I didn't know, you know, strangers and people that I had met before. And, and the word that kept coming up from people after we had spoken was joy, right? Joy. Like they just, they felt more joy or they felt joyous in meeting me or I exuded joy or whatever it was. And I was like, Oh, you know what? I think that's my purpose. It was it was to to leave people in a more joyful state when we finished speaking than when we started speaking. That's it. If I can do that on a fairly regular basis, I'm fucking set, man. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I love that. So I'm going to ask you a pretty obvious question, um, but uh, I'd, I'd really like. Well, I'm going to ask you a question because I want to know the answer, of course. <laughs> Is that how these things work? <laughs> Is that how these things work? So, <laughs> you know, non-coaches would never preface why a question is being asked they would just say i have a yeah. question because i want an answer but us coaches we got to make everything fucking difficult just, i just realized just looking at this question and i'm thinking yeah but that's kind of an obvious question but i'm like yeah but your answer i want to i want to really know i want to i want to know like who has influenced your coaching the most and in what way and in what way mm. i mean i it's i i I'm trying to think about it because I'm I'm trying to not just give an obvious answer for me, but I mean it's got to be Steve Chandler, mm. and you know, it, Steve is just so he's so loving and so relaxed, and I've had conversations with him about things, even in the last six months, where I told him flat out I don't want to bring this up to you because I'm afraid that you won't get it. I mean, you know, hey, you're you're 70 years old. Um, you know, I, I have I have uh, I have very modern problems that you may not associate with. Uh, and, and, I, and I just told him flat out, like, I don't know. And, and the way he says, like, you know, as a friend and as a coach, my love and support for you is unconditional. There, there never will be judgment. And you really just know that that's true. Um, me bringing that into my coaching with other people and even into my personal relationships with other people, it, it's it's just changed the way things work. Um and I think something even more powerful, that was the first thing that came up, but what's more powerful and more pervasive for me in my coaching that I've gotten from Steve is that he's also so masterful at, at really helping me see 
and it's it sounds so obvious yet it's like nobody does it for me like he does is to show me how it's always how I relate to the issue and it's never the issue you know and and, and there was one time and I tell this story all the time now because it really has just like it, it hit me at my core and I'll never forget it. it was a coaching call he and I had I don't know six six months ago seven months ago maybe it was maybe it was a year ago now I don't even know but I actually I have I have the snippet from the email on my desktop at all times and I just open it whenever I feel like re- revisiting this. I sent him this long email about all the stresses that were going on in my life and all the things that I was just so stressed about and worried about and how I was you know, putting money out into this thing for this project and worried that it wouldn't come back and, and what if I'm glamorizing this thing now and this thing doesn't turn out the same and, and you know, what if I never find the thing that I'm supposed to be doing and what if I'm never able to fully be self-expressed and what if I have to go back to a job, just all this stuff. And this is like in the last year, right? So it's like you know, being, an entre- being a coach is no different than being an entrepreneur in any business. It is a business. There are going yeah. to be ups and downs. There are times when even huge companies like Mind Valley, who I'm a huge fan of, where Vishen Lakiani, the CEO, says every three years or so, they have a scare that the entire company is going to go under. Right? Like this, these are the ebbs and flows of, of the way business works. Yeah. But anyways, that's side note. So I send him this whole, whole long thing, and I'm just, you know, I don't know why I'm expecting that I'm going to have all those things addressed in line. Um, but he writes back, and all he says is um, tremendous compassion for what you're putting yourself through. And, and I thought he was kid. I thought he was being sarcastic. And actually, me thinking he was being sarcastic snapped me out of it. Right immediately, I was like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. I'm totally." And then I wrote to him and I said, "Thank you so much for the sarcasm." He said, "It wasn't sarcasm. Like, I'm. I really feel a lot of compassion for what you're putting yourself through." So, so it, it was real, and it was kind of sarcasm. And it's just that thing. Like, that's the beauty of his coaching. Like, he could literally respond to every email I send him with that, and I'd be okay. And yet, for some reason, I just I, I need that reminder sometimes. Now, this is one thing also because I do see that in you as well. Like this tremendously loving, compassionate person. Um, that's been obvious, right? Right from the, the first moment I met you, and um, exactly. it's like I think that distinguishes what I think personally. Personally, what I think are truly great coaches that that are able to help people to really allow unhindered their own humanness constantly mm-hmm. always always conscious of my suffolk accent when i say that word of their humanness turns um, me on it's like a, the jason goldberg okay <laughs> yes, thank you as, a, as opposed to you know trying to be you know batman or, or or whomever and simply trying to be superhuman you don't you don't have to try and be a superhuman to be a, a superhuman <laughs> right right yeah and, that, and that's a lot to keep up with yeah. Like if I have to constantly be on guard to make sure that I'm being super or, or superhuman all the time, it, that's a full-time job. It's hard work. Yeah. 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 Cool. And, 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 I, and I just want to say also that I, I see that exact same thing in you. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons we connected so quickly is that you just, you, you know, people say this, it's very like woo woo airy fairy to say like you are love, but you are man. Like you are love. That is, that is what you exude and everything you do from your face to, to the way you talk, to the way you hug, to the way you interview, to the way you coach. Cause I've also been coached by you and I've been so blessed that we've been able to coach each other and do peer coaching and things like that. And I always remember just how much love and support uh, you gave as a coach. So, so thank you for that. Oh, thank you, Jason. That means a lot to me. That means a lot to me. You know, one, one, one of the, uh, you've, you've told me one story and we don't necessarily have to go into the details of that, but what it highlights about you is your willingness to simply reach out and connect with people. 
Um, mm. However, perhaps well known they might appear, and you just because again you see them, you know, you see them as just another human being. So, it's, yeah. can you tell us anything a, 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 about that? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's been a huge thing for me, and I actually did an interview with somebody once where that's all we talked about was like how to make your your idols your friends, yeah. and and it was great, and I love talking about it. And my goal was not to make my idols my friends; it was just to connect with somebody who I admire, right? And it doesn't matter if they're a big name or not. But but to me, um, one of the things that actually has again just been brought up to me recently. Uh, uh, by a couple different people, one of which a, a fairly big name coach that, that both of us know that I asked um, to be on uh, my program with Evercoach, the Master Circle. I asked him on uh, a year and a half ago and he was literally the only person that turned me down. The only person out of all these these coaches that I that I asked, he was the only one that turned me down. And I and I really, I mean, I didn't I didn't really take it personally because I'm saying, well, I'm I'm nobody to this guy, and I'm asking for his time, and I'm asking for him to donate his resources and you know contribute his his gifts. And and I haven't I haven't served him, I haven't put any work into this relationship, so I didn't take it personally. I just let it go. And then a year and a half later, you know, probably the last, you know two months ago, um, this person reaches out to me and says, wow, a lot's changed. Uh, you know, in the last year and a half, uh, I'd love to talk and hear kind of what's going on in your world. And, and so we scheduled a time just to chat and talk and we talked and he said, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that it, it took me like over a year to get back to you. And I said, oh no, that's okay. Because in my world, like there's no scarcity of time to connect with people. Hmm. So I'm of the understanding, you know, when people talk about what's your elevator pitch. I am adamantly opposed to elevator pitches because that comes from the scarcity mindset of, I have to make you love me right now because I'm never going to see you again. And in my mind, I approach meeting new people and I think to myself, if I knew I was going to see this person for a half an hour every day for the next three years, what would I say today? And, and so that's been my approach for anybody I've reached out to has never been. I always said that I used to I thought I hated sales, but really I hated rushing relationships with people. Right. Oh, so now that. now that I don't do that anymore, now that I don't rush relationships, I can reach out to anybody because if they don't write back, that was just one of the 30 minute blocks that I'm going to have every day for the next three years. So it's fine. Ah, beautiful. Yeah, and I agree with you. I, I think, for me, the elevator pitch is, is right up there with breaking wind in an elevator, really. It's just it's just wrong on so many levels, isn't it? So um, Wait, that's wait, that's wrong? <laughs> yeah, it's I'm wrong, it's wrong on so many levels. There's a joke in there, Jason. Do you oh, sorry. Explain? Oh, damn it. <laughs> God, I swear. You know, I remember um, I said something in a rap a long time ago where I said, like mini blinds, your only way to the top is pulling strings. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's clever for a Jewish rapper. Come on, you got to give it credit. So, so Jay, what have you learned really about, since, you, since your career focused much more on speaking, what have you learned about you as a speaker? Ooh, that's good. Um, what have I learned about me as a speaker? I've learned that I hate preparing for talks. I hate it. And I know that I feel the best once I've prepared, right? So there are those, those competing commitments. Um, so that's, that's fun. And I, I get to play with that on a regular basis and I have a, a, a way that I do that. And if we have time, maybe I'll share that. Um, so I, yeah, I hate preparing and I love the end result of preparation. Um, I love I'm super stupid, stupid nervous right up until my foot hits the stage, always, without fail. Doesn't matter if it's 10 people or 1,000 people, it's the exact same. 
Um, and as soon as my fit, foot hits that stage and my body settles for even three seconds, it is the greatest feeling in the world for me. I just, I can't get enough of it. It's like when Arnold Schwarzenegger was talking about, your pump iron and it's like, I'm coming. I'm just coming over and over again. <laughs> Did you ever hear that interview? <laughs> No, but I might look it up. (laughs) You need to. He says lifting weights is like coming over and over again. So I'm on stage and I'm I'm just coming everywhere. And 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 I'm on stage, so I've learned that I just love that. I've also learned that um, I often stress myself out uh, in preparation trying to figure out uh, what comedy I should put in. Mm -hmm. And then inevitably 95% of my comedy comes out in the moment while I'm on stage. Right. And that's something that even though I'm reminded over and over, I still stress myself and say, yeah, but make sure it's funny because that's one of your things. You're the comedy and transformation guy. And when I let all that go, I'm on stage and inevitably somebody says something or does something or I see something or I think of something and the comedy comes out. So so what I've learned about myself in short, and I'm, I'm really playing with this recently, so it's still kind of fresh, is me balancing preparation with presence. Yeah. That's that's what I've learned the most about. And that, of course, goes for coaching and it goes for personal relationships and it goes for everything in the world is how do you balance preparation with presence? Yeah, and, and that's, that's the timing of this is perfect as well for me because I'm preparing some flying off to Hong Kong in a couple of weeks time to run a workshop oh, wow. out there, a leadership workshop out there. And, and I have that same thing going on, essentially, you know, standing up in front of I don't know, 50 people or whatever for three days. What, what, what preparation do you do? Yeah. So there, there is that, there is that balancing. I guess it's kind of like planning a, a, a night in with your, with your special one. You might have yeah. an idea of, of where you'd like to go and how you'd like it to end up, but the actual journey itself, how you get there and the, the laughs or the nibbles along the way, you, you don't really plan those in. So yeah. let's come back to that. You said, yeah, if we have time, well, by all means, I, I think it would be quite interesting since we're, since we're here discussing it. What, what kind of preparation um, do you undertake? How do, how do you prepare? Yeah. yeah. So, so I had, so there's two different things. So what I was talking about was kind of more of the, the being side. So there's the, there's the being side and the doing side of my preparation. Um, so I, so on the, on the doing side, I have, I have a whole thing that, that probably wouldn't, well, it may be useful, but I'll focus on the being side for now. Cause really what the being side points to is anything that you have to do on a regular basis in your life or in your work that doesn't immediately make you feel energized and excited. Um, this is this is where this comes in. So I, I don't need any motivation of any kind to get on stage and give a talk. Like I, I don't I don't need that's fun for me. Like I enjoy that. Right. The same way you know you don't need motivation to go to Greece. Right. Like you love Greece. It's it's a place that you just absolutely adore. Right. So nobody nobody ever comes to either of us as a coach and say, listen, I really need some motivation and accountability to make sure I get on my cruise ship next week. Like, no, no, nobody, nobody does that, right? Because they enjoy it. So, so the key is how do you find a way to enjoy the things that are not necessarily enjoyable on the surface, right? How do you shift from um, is this enjoyable to how is this enjoyable, right? And, and so the way I do that is, and this goes back to our conversation uh, earlier too about the big why, is that I have my big why. I have one, I'll actually show it to you, although... <laughs> I know we're not doing video here, and this is really great for everybody who's watching. Uh, Maybe I'll screen snatch this. There you go, yeah. So, did you say screen snatch? Did I say that? God, I swear, this guy. Kids, do not not grow up to be felt battered. Um, So I have (laughs) one, you know I love these notebooks that say, what will you create today? Um, But this one in particular is reserved for one one thing. Um, I have my big why that's written on the inside cover here, um, but... The purpose of this workbook is that every day 
every day, except for the days I don't do it, every day I sit down and anything that's on my calendar for the day that doesn't immediately light me up and inspire me and make me want to go do it, I sit down and I write out a mini why, a mini motivation for that thing in particular why that thing is important for me to do, who it impacts, how it allows me to, to shine, um, in, in, what ways, uh, in what ways does it move me uh, towards how I wanna feel or, or the way I wanna show up in the world. And so when it comes to planning, for example, planning for a talk, I'll sit down and I mean, I have, you know, I have entries in here where you know, the thing I have to work on is to create a keynote and I write this thing saying, you know, I, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm realizing there are gonna be people in this room that I'm gonna be speaking to that are entrepreneurs and they're coaches and maybe some of them are super afraid that they've just left their job and some of them have spouses at home that don't understand why they wanna be an entrepreneur and they're really afraid they made the wrong decision and they're putting their family in jeopardy. Some of them are on the, the verge of a big shift where their business is gonna skyrocket. Some of them just have all this opportunity. Some of them have all this fear and I have this gift and this responsibility to show up in the most authentic and loving way possible, share my insights, share my personality, share what I know to be true, and there may be something in there that impacts them. Like how fucking lucky am I that that's what I get to sit down and do right now? And so when I write out those mini whys, then I'm like, okay, cool. I see the connection, I see why this is important for me to do, and then I get to work versus me trying to will myself and say, oh, but if you, you, know, if you do this, then you can go have a latte afterwards. And you know, it's like the reward system thing doesn't work as well as really seeing how it directly aligns to the contribution I wanna make in the world. Mm, beautiful, yeah. Oh, that's so useful. Thank you for that. Yeah. You're welcome. Again, it's that slowing down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, if you, and I know you've had a lot of coaches in one room, but if you had all of the coaches in one room, that would be quite a big room actually. Um, yeah. <laughs> and he just had a couple of minutes. I know Steve says he can, he can give a keynote that just has two, two words on it. And I, yes. I love that. Just connect. Yeah, yeah I love yeah. that. Um, give a two second keynote. Um, yeah, if you had all the coaches in, in one room and you had one, one, just one message <laughs> for mm -hmm. them, what would it be, Jason? I don't know why this just came up. You're all going to die. Yeah. You're all going to die. I mean, it's like, and it's, it's kind of, you know, it, it goes to the living a not so serious life kind of message. Like I, I know you want to be a coach and you want to help all these people and you want to impact the world and you want to make a ton of money in the process. And it's not that big of a fucking deal. Like it's really not that significant. It's significant to you. I get it. Um, and, and when I say you, I'm speaking to me, right? Cause I, you know, the reason I'm so qualified to talk about living a not so serious life is cause I'm a serious fucker sometimes, right? Like I, I need the message more than anybody else. That's why I keep talking about it. Um, and, and I think that would be it. Like if we really just relax and stop thinking that we need to have fear, anxiety, desperation, and stress to be motivated, I guess I've gone a little further now than one message. So you're going to die. That's it. You're, you're going to die. I'll stick around if you have any questions afterwards. <laughs> I'll sign up for that keynote. I'll yeah. sign up for that. Yeah. What, what kind of client are you, Jason? Ooh. That's, that's a great question. That's a really, really great, great question. 
because immediately uh, it, what comes up in my head is that I'm an, I'm an amazing client and I'm a horrible client at the same time. And it's contextual. So there is, uh, when it comes to, and again, I don't know if it's Steve or it's the context of what we're coaching around, but when, when I'm coached and, and besides Jacob, Steve has been my only coach. Like he's, I've been coaching with him, you know, on and off for three years. And so he, he's, he's my guy and and I'll coach with him as long as I can. Um, I am so willing when I'm with him. Um, and, and I think it's a level of trust and part of that is, is trust because I know the work he's done on himself. And part of it is trust because I know that in the past things that I've tested that have come out of coaching with him have made a big difference. And so just that, that unconditional trust allows me to be super open. I, I truly believe he would never steer me wrong. And so when you, when you have a lot of trust in the person that's sitting across from you, I think you're more willing and more open, at least for me, I'll own my experience. I'm more willing and more open. Now on the other side, the reason I say I'm a horrible client is because I'm also being coached in a sense. It's not coaching as we would traditionally think, but I'm being coached in a sense um, by a member of my team uh, on my course and on the marketing of my course that's coming out and all these things. And I'm so resistant. I'm so, so resistant. And, and I'm getting closer to why I feel that way. And this is a very behind the scenes opening the kimono thing to talk about is that I've realized that in some respects, I'm not against internet marketing. I think internet marketing is great because um, if it expands awareness and visibility and gives people a chance to experience your work, I think it's great. I think it's, it's, it's not the channel that's the issue. It's the message that's put on the channel. Um, it's what, when I was speaking at Steve's school, doing the, the thing about the whole sex sells, I told them that I think the number one key where coaches and people in personal growth get it wrong in using social media is they try to use social media as a monologue instead of a dialogue, right? So the internet marketers that are not doing it in the way that feels good to me are monologuers. They're just shouting all day. Um, the ones who are doing it in my, in my world more effectively are the ones who are creating a dialogue with me. And, and so the reason I say all that is that I'm recognizing now that there's this interesting pull since I am doing my first big course, which is, you know, the the first like mass thing I've really put out that there's an internal struggle between, um, using between focusing on using my gifts versus focusing on how to position my gifts, right? Using your gifts versus positioning your gifts. So, so that's my internal struggle. So now as I'm working with people who I trust, I trust that they know the shit out of what they do because they've done it over and over again. It's this resistance to say they know better about this from a best practice standpoint, but do they know better from a Jason Goldberg standpoint? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of an interesting thing that I'm playing with now. Yeah, that's a really interesting inquiry, I think, for, for the, any of us that are, that are being coached just coming up against that um i mean at the end of the day i think coaching is all about us having our existing beliefs challenged and um to to but also to help us discover what is true for us it's really right. it doesn't really matter perhaps what the view of the coach is but um what a, yeah what the view of the coach is but for me coaching is really all about helping our clients get in touch with what is true for them yeah. And then that's why I asked people to, 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 to come on the calls really with undefended openness. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So it's just great that you see that. So I'm just actually like, you, you've already touched on this. Um, for you, 
<laughs> we've laughed about it. It came, it came out. But if, if you if you were to summarize the purpose of your coaching, the purpose of all that you do, what is that? I mean, it, it really, it always seems to come back to this notion of that we don't have to be as serious as we think we have to be, that we've been so conditioned that seriousness equals success, that you can't be successful unless you're serious. And and the, the reason it's the most powerful message to me is because it's the most powerful message for me. Um, so I think that's what my my coaching and, and teaching and speaking all comes back to is like, you know, it's it's almost like if you were to if you were to phrase it in kind of Byron Katie terms, who would you be without all the seriousness? Right. Like how, how would you show up differently as a human being if you just weren't as serious? No, but I need the tension and the pressure to keep myself motivated. Have you ever tested that? Is that I mean, do you, do you know that for a fact? Have you? No, but if I try that, then I'm, I'm going to fail and I'm going to slack off and people are going to think I'm a loop. There's a huge difference between, you know, caring and concern and sincerity and devotion and seriousness and tension and pressure and stress and anxiety and desperation. So I think that's what it's about for me is that I just know that I do my most creative work when I can be in an enthusiastic, relaxed place. Doesn't mean I talk any slower, doesn't mean I appear any more calm, doesn't mean I, I meditate and become like the Buddha or like start levitating or anything, like none of that shit happens. I still talk fast, my hands still move like crazy, but there's still a difference in the way I show up. There's a slowed down thought process uh, in the way I show up. And, and so I, I want that for other people. Mm, beautiful. So, so really finally, what's next for you and where you want to go? What do you want to do? But also perhaps what's not working or what's the current challenge that you're, you're looking to overcome mm. to break through to get there? Yeah, that's, that's good. Um, so I'm going to answer the second question first, if that's okay with you, and, and even if it's not. Um, so the the biggest challenge for me is that I have been a one-man show for so long that now bringing on people to help, um, and, and, I don't, and I know that I'm not the only one that feels this way. I'd love to say how unique and, and special I am, but it's really hard to like give up control and, and to trust people. And, and in a sense, you feel like, oh, but, you know, bringing more people on, that means I have to like train them and they have to really get what I do. And it'd be so much easier if I just continued to be overwhelmed and did it all myself. That makes <laughs> perfect sense because it's just going to get easier as the business grows. Right. Um, and, and so I think the biggest struggle for me is like, it's not even necessarily finding good people. There's great people everywhere that really want to help. And, and, you know, there's always the finance thing is, you know, can I afford to bring this person on and all that, that and that's fine. And that's not even what it is. It's really like this trust aspect. It's like, do I really trust that all these people together are going to be able to execute on, on my vision, on the thing that I want to have happen? Can they really, can they really take things off my plate and do it the way I would do it? So I think that's the biggest challenge. Um, and of course that challenge is all me. That has nothing to do with any of them, right? That's, that's all my shit, uh, which, is, which is great. Uh, tons of compassion for what you're putting yourself through. Uh, so, so, so there's that. So then what's next for me is, is, is the reason why all this other stuff is happening where I'm, I'm wanting to bring in a team. So as we, 
as we kind of talked about, you know, I, I went down the coaching route and, and, and there are elements of coaching I love and, and I still take on certain one-on-one clients, but very, very few um, because I, I get content, right? I learn, I learn so much from coaching people. Uh, it's, it's incredible, especially if they're the right people. Uh, I'm doing air quotes like people who are listening to this can see. Do you, do you guys hear I'm doing it in the mic. Can you hear the air quotes? Uh, we, all our listeners are intuitive. They will know that you're doing air quotes. Awesome. Fantastic. Uh, so then I went more into speaking and I love the speaking because it's performing and all those things. And there's only so much of me to go around with speaking uh, and only so many conferences and so many people who want to hear this kind of thing. I mean, there are a lot of people, but but still, it, you know, it requires me to travel and I've been on the road a lot more and I don't want to have to travel all the time. So I said, OK, what's the next step to reach people and to be with them and to be in my genius zone of teaching and to really give people, and this is something funny because myself and, and one of my team members just kind of discovered this yesterday, is one of the sales, uh, one of the selling points of, of doing work with me like in a, in a course uh, or, or in a speech or anything else is like that we get to hang out, mm. right? Like I feel like people, because there are people like this in my world too, like I would pay for this person's program and I've done this. I have paid for programs before that I read through the copy and I was like, eh, but that person's so cool. I just want to pay to hang out with them, right? And so like, I feel, I hope that in some sense I've created that connection with people where they want to hang out with me. And so, so my thing was like, well, how can I give people the opportunity to hang out with me that doesn't require so much logistical stuff? I don't want to create a 500 person conference and have people come together once a year. Like how can I touch more people uh, appropriately and, and, and be in my genius zone? And so that's where this idea for a course came out. And so I'm launching my very first course, which is so fucking scary because it's just so different than anything I've done before. I've done courses before, but they've been like for, you know, 10 people and we just have like a Zoom call every month and, you know, little stuff. This is like a much bigger scale thing where we're going to have live calls. They have pre-recorded video content. It's like a ton of content, the best content I could possibly put together. And it's called Playful Prosperity. And it's really about like being prosperous in your inner and outer world, but in a way where we're playing with it. It doesn't necessarily mean you're like shooting Nerf guns or throwing water balloons at each other or watching comedy all day. It could be if, th- if that's what it is for you. But, but it's more about like how can we play this game of life, right? Instead of struggling through this game of life or struggling through this horrid dip of life, how do we play the game of life? And so that's what's next for me is really figuring out how do I get this information and a connection with me out to a much broader audience and that's what i'm hoping to do with my course and that should be launching in the next few months oh, amazing amazing and i know that anybody enrolled in that is just going to have such a great time really such a such a great powerful time and 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 it will be transformational and and yeah as you say to, to hang out with you in any way i i always appreciate it our, our, our calls and you're one person that i know um that is is there um and as you mentioned about steve how you feel he's not going to lead you down the, the you know take you in an appropriate inappropriate path i feel like that about you and i'm sure many other people do so really want to honor you. you for that so thank you jason for yeah just just bringing so much more joy into the world yes it worked i brought more joy <laughs> no, you can die <laughs> I love you, man. You're you're incredible, and and I love our inappropriateness together. Uh, God, if people only heard the the real uncensored <laughs> version of our conversations, it would change their view of both of us. Uh, but but I, I love the work you're doing in the world, and and I just I love you as as a as a human. I love you, and uh, and from the Jason Goldberg to the human Phil Goddard, I love you, brother. So grateful to have you in my world. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. 
Oh my God, the Jason Goldberg. <laughs> In all sincerity, um, for me, there really is only one Jason Goldberg. And it makes perfect sense to me that in choosing his domain name, jasongoldberg.com was already taken just so he could indeed be the jasongoldberg.com. Anyways, what did you think of that conversation? I love him. He is someone genuinely making a living by making a difference, doing what he loves. And his love shines through in his energy, in his humor, and in his wisdom. And in some ways, I guess, Jason is the exact opposite of me. Maybe that's why we get on so well. He he doesn't buy into that reserved Britishness that I find myself often hiding behind, obviously, because he's not British, I guess. And um, I love how he does just reaches out to people and as he said reaching out to Steve Chandler in the way he did has changed his life and of course the ripple effects of him doing that has subsequently helped to transform and help many other people that's certainly something us coaches would do well to remember you know when we hold back we are never being of service to others um, although when Jason tells that story, of course, I do find myself wondering why he he was dictating to Alicia and why wasn't she driving and, and he texting. But there you go. Um, I, I also love how Jason is demonstrating being you. I, I, I'm doing air quotes here, by the way. Yes, being you can be your professional vocation. And I think there's an important message in the lesson he shares in, in trying to be somebody that we're not. You've probably heard me say it before. One of my favorite questions to ask which I originally heard from Robert Holden is what's it like to be you when you're not trying to be somebody not even trying to be yourself it's so freeing to um, consider that inquiry I'm so grateful for Jason's honesty um, in this conversation in revealing like the conversations he was having with himself in his choice to focus more on his speaking and in confessing he was not enjoying coaching as as much as he thought he would um, there's, there's just there's just so much in this conversation and as is often the case when we talk and I will say despite Jason's high energy and often fast pace he is committed just as he said he is committed to building relationships with people not not rushing them I I, I love that and I love that about him I love how he sees he doesn't have to take it personally take anything about that personally at all so um i'd love to hear from you about this episode or indeed any of the others um as much as i'm enjoying recording these conversations they're for you too so please do get in touch with any feedback insights or questions you may have and as always if you would enjoyed this or any of the others please do head on over to itunes and leave a brief honest review to help others find the golden gems in these podcasts thank you to everyone who has been in touch and thank you all for listening as ever i wish you all much love and joy